the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. It's the first day of fall. Welcome. Happy that you're here with us. It has come upon us. Has it? It's it sort has. of changed. It's like overnight. Yesterday was sunny and warm in the Super 80s. Super warm. Right? Today's like... It's a different day today. Dreary, cold. <laughs> I think the dreary has to do with uh, the Steelers uh, being 0-3. You know, you, know what, you know what I decided about eight minutes into the game? Tell me. I decided that what we were going to be watching, you know, the unfolding of for the mm. next uh, hour plus, was going to be a determination of which team was worse. That sort of summed it all up, didn't it? Five turnovers. That's what we were trying to figure out. Yeah. Which one of these bad teams is actually worse? Mm-hmm. And I'm sad to say that the, the answer is the Steelers. Hands down. Were worse. Just the absolute yeah, worst. It's so, going to be a long season, it looks sorry like. Sorry about that. Yeah, I listened to it on the radio, which I thought was very wise on my part, because I didn't have to witness first. It was like my eyes were spe- spared. I waited to watch it until 8 o'clock last mm. night so that I could fast forward over all the commercials. Did you know the outcome? No. Oh, you didn't? No, I didn't. It's a bad night for you. Yeah, so that was a shame. That's Excellent. okay. At least I got it over with quickly. Um, in a much more significant uh, sense, John, uh, seven people overdosed on drugs in a Pittsburgh apartment in the south side. Incredibly tragic news. Sure is. Three people have died. Four people are, are in the hospital. Uh, and again, you know, this is something that we've grown used to, although the shock here is that this happened immediately, that the the person who was providing the drugs, a California native who's since been arrested uh, on the scene and uh, selling coke out of an after hours club on the south side. And uh, three men gone, just like in a heartbeat. So this is another one of those instances. We read a long article, a profile of uh, two people who had started their own drug ring and were manufacturing pharmaceuticals on the black market with absolutely no care and regulation for even what they were putting together. Right. What's happening is that fentanyl is coming in from China, and it seems to be as though just coming in wholesale, right? So street drug entrepreneurs... They buy this stuff, and then they mix it, of course, in far less uh, quantitative or um, very in precise. Ex- less than exacting ways. Right. The, the, the article and the, uh, the drug kingpins you're referring to, these guys were mixing drugs in mason jars, right? Just shaking mm-hmm. this stuff up, hoping there was an even mix of whatever they were cutting it with. Of course, that doesn't happen well. That's why there's you know professional drug pr- producers and it looks like what happened last night, people were doing uh, cocaine cut with fentanyl. Mm-hmm. The victims all took narcotics at the same time and in the same location. I'm reading this, the uh, CNN story. So, you know, our hearts go out to these people's families and for people who are still hospitalized and suffering the effects of that. That's right. Hey, we got a good show for you. A little bit uh, in the hour, we're going to talk to Dr. Len Bartlotti to talk about his life as an American in the Middle East. But as always we do, we start off every Monday going to the White House. Greg Clarkson is with us from SRN News, where Greg is the White House correspondent. Hey, Greg, thanks for coming along today. 
You're welcome, John and Kathy. Hello. Yeah, always good to talk to you, Greg. Okay, so let's start out with the whistle whistleblower story, which, as I see it, from my perspective, it still seems to be developing. Um, what do we know as of now, Greg? Yeah, you're right, Kathy. This is developing. The president, in fact, just a few minutes ago, speaking about this to reporters, he's uh, at He's at the U.N., United Nations, up in New York, so he's there for the next two or three days. And he's been meeting uh, one-on-one with a handful of uh, global leaders today, this afternoon. And in a couple of those photo ops, he took some questions. And one of the questions has to do with whether or not uh, he or the White House would be willing to release a transcript of the phone call from July that the president had with the newly elected leader of Ukraine. And that's the phone conversation that's at the center of this whole uh, new controversy as to uh, whether or not the president uh, was pressuring the government of Ukraine to possibly investigate Joe Biden. I mean, that's the uh, that's the reporting that's out there. This whistleblower complaint has not been publicly released, however, so uh, we're simply going on on uh, published reports and investigative reports that do the exact content. But the president yesterday did suggest that the Biden family name came up in that conversation, and he still says, I did nothing wrong, and the call was was totally appropriate. I see. So, Greg, the whistleblower had to be in the room as the president was making the phone right, call. Right, but he says that, but I just read on, uh, what news side am I? Yeah. I just read on Fox News just a couple of minutes ago, the whistleblower saying he doesn't have firsthand knowledge. Which one is it? Well, we're still waiting to know about that. It's possible that, that the whistleblower, the intelligence official, was not in the room because uh, sometimes there will be foreign leader uh, telephone conversations that are listened in on on other lines. And that's that's completely within the uh, the bounds and the, the accepted policies of, of any administration. You've got people from the National Security Council, maybe even from the State Department or the CIA or one of the other intelligence agencies. And you may have a couple of top people if you're talking to somebody from Ukraine. You may have experts, for example, that uh, that deal with Eastern Europe. And so they would be listening in on the conversation mm-hmm. and note-taking. So that's, that's a regular part of how these presidential phone calls uh, take place. So presumably, this official heard something on the call. He may not have been in the Oval Office or wherever the president was. He might have been at his, uh, one of his uh, resort golf clubs uh, when, the, when the call took place this summer. In any case, whether he was in the room or not, we don't know for sure. And whether or not he heard it secondhand, for example, from somebody else who actually wow. was on the call, we don't know that yet either. This is weird. So this sort of has shades of deep throat, right? That there's someone who is connected within the power structure who's sort of gone out against the president in some way. Maybe not against the president, but providing insider information. Right. Well, and, and, and whether or not it's even classified as insider information is really interesting, John, because essentially what you had is this official raise concern with the, with the watchdog agency within the intelligence office. So basically went to a supervisor and said, hey, you know what, kind of a red flag here. I felt this was uh, out of bounds or there was cause for concern somehow. So it goes then to basically the inspector general within the intelligence uh, community, and that person then is required to uh, to move forward and report that information to Congress, which provides oversight. 
But you have the Trump administration blocking the intelligence officers from providing that information to Democratic lawmakers. And so that's why Democrats are all now talking about impeachment in a whole new light, not just on previous controversies, but this brand new one about Ukraine. Greg Clugston with us, SRN News White House correspondent. Greg, are all the president's phone calls recorded? I would I would guess if they're not actually recorded with an audio recording, they, they certainly are recorded in terms of transcript. Okay. That's absolutely true. So a transcript yeah. could be checked. Okay, so my question is, what, what independence, though, does the president have? I mean, um, and I'm not saying that to endorse any kind of deal-making um, with no. someone who is trying to get dirt on, on Joe Biden. I'm just trying to understand how are we in a different place because of our access to information now, and we can know these things about the president, where maybe 10 years ago, 50 years ago, they would have conversations like this and no one would know. Yeah, well, that's a very good point, and it's probably uh, it, it could have to do with the fact that we, you know, this information is out there. One other thing about that intelligence whistleblower issue, and this is what some people um, are arguing, especially those who who might, you know, be deferential to the president and in the executive privilege that they believe he would hold in this kind of situation, is that an intelligence officer who is involved in this whistleblower complaint. Um, w- would normally file that against someone else within the intelligence community, of which the president is not technically a member. He's a member of the executive branch, but he's not a member of any uh, any intelligence agency of the United States. So there are some who will argue that even the whistleblower, whistleblower complaint doesn't even apply to the mm, president because right. of his position as the president, right. which is very interesting. Greg Clugson is with us, SRN News, White House correspondent. So, Greg, let's talk about the president uh, in uh, New York City. He's at the United Nations, as you said, for a few days. Uh, apparently uh, the vice president spoke first and then the president spoke a little earlier this afternoon and the headlines are that uh, president trump slams world leaders for religious freedom hypocrisy please tell us about that yeah this was uh, a speech that the white house was promoting as really the centerpiece of the president's uh, visit to the u.n. this week even though the president tomorrow is giving what is his annual speech before the General Assembly of the United Nations. So all of the, you know, the uh, uh, the attending world leaders who are there uh, and delegations, they will be there for for tomorrow's main speech, and that will be more um, a broader themed speech talking about global challenges around the world. But what today was, the White House hosted what they were calling the first ever by a by a U.S. president religious freedom meeting at the United Nations. And so you're right, Vice President Pence spoke, and you also had then the president deliver a keynote address, essentially calling on the on the world leaders to end religious persecution. And he went through a lot of the sobering statistics in terms of uh, condemnation and restrictions that are, that are against people of faith in all, all countries. And so the president really made a call to action on that mm-hmm. front, and uh, he was—he was—he said he was quite proud of the fact too, because he has put religious freedom and liberty as one of his administration's top priorities. You know, from my perspective, Greg, there were some parts of that speech that were stirring. Um, you know, Trump never ceases to surprise. Let's put it that way. Do you agree? Yeah, I would. I would agree. <laughs> and, uh, look, yes. this, 
yes, this this is a topic obviously that is is near and dear to the hearts of, of evangelical supporters yeah. of the president. Okay, so so some may look at this and say, well, there's a political angle to it. Well, there there are always political aspects to anything that any president of any party will do. But obviously, the president has been very consistent on this subject, as has the vice president, along with a lot of other issues. Uh, you know, dealing social and religious, uh, that social and religious conservatives certainly applaud, and this is the latest. Very good. Greg, it's always a pleasure. Thank you so much for your inside track on what's happening in and around the nation's capital. Thanks, guys. Have a good week. You as well. Greg Clugston, SRN News, White House correspondent. Look at uh, SRN News online, SRN Salem Radio Network, SRNnews.com. W-O-R-D. We want to know more about you. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. Go to our website and take our short, anonymous Word FM listener survey. Answer just a few questions. I've got to concentrate, concentrate. A few easy questions to let us know who you are and how you listen to Word FM. Now the question is, how much cash do you want? How's a hundred bucks? Someone who takes the survey will win $100 cash. Are there any questions? If not, take the listener survey now at wordfm.com slash survey. Hurricane Dorian battered the Bahamas relentlessly for two days. Nobody knows how many people died here. How anyone survived this amount of damage is a near miracle in itself. Now, weeks later, the suffering is immense. People have lost everything. They need help and hope. You know, sometimes when when we make a request for donations, we might say pray on it, we might say think about it, but there is no time. The urgency in a catastrophe of this magnitude allows us only to beg you to give your most generous donation right now. Your gift of any size right now will speed relief supplies to the Bahamas through food for the poor. It is very, very, very hard. It's me, I lose everything, but I thank God for life. Call 855-828-4673, 855-828-HOPE, or give online at wordfm.com. Join Pittsburgh Theological Seminary on Tuesday, October 1st at 4 p.m. for the annual McClure Lecture in World Mission and Evangelism. This year's lecture will feature Executive Minister of Serve Globally, Al Tizon. Dr. Tizon's lecture, Lifestyles of the Rich and Faithful, Confronting Classicism in Mission, will be held on the campus of Pittsburgh Theological Seminary, 616 North Highland Avenue in East Liberty. Learn more at pts.edu. Hey, Hey, Bench, what are you doing? I'm rubbing my blue emu on. Were you ready to go fishing? Fishing? You said we were going fishing this morning. I have 10 gold glove awards. Oh, here we go again. Johnny Bench doesn't go fishing. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Johnny Bench goes catching. Blue emu supports healthy muscles and joints. Blue emu, it works fast and you won't stink. Available at Nationwide Retailers and Amazon. Put your creativity and your marketing degree to work as a digital marketing strategist with Salem Surround. Unlike a small marketing agency, Salem Surround places a massive amount of tools and support at your disposal so you can be really creative and super competitive as you help Pittsburgh businesses grow. And with our national team at your back, there's no limit to how far you can go. Full and part-time available. Apply now at SalemMedia.com careers. Salem Surround, a division of Salem Media Group, is an equal opportunity employer. live in, in such a tiny world, don't we? I mean, the world's vast, incredible, amazing. 
but we get stuck in our lives. You know, you, you got your kids, you've got your job, you've got your social circles, your church, your life, all that. And the mass of the world goes on, and we know very, very little of how the machinations are. And if we never open up our minds to see what other people are doing or how they're thinking or how they live, then we end up becoming, I think, profoundly narcissistic. Mm -hmm. Which is, I believe, where we are. One of the problems with today. Dr. Len Bartlotti is with us. Len is a professor of intercultural studies. Len's lived in the Middle East and Central Asia for more than 40 years with his wife, Debbie. Len's worked as an educator, a researcher, a consultant to humanitarian organizations in the Muslim world before moving back to the United States. He is live with us right now in studio. And Len, friend, always good to see you. Thank you. It's great to be back home in Pittsburgh. So, Len, um, I'm glad you brought up the fact that at heart you're a Yinzer. I mean, yes. you've lived all over the place, and yet you still call the black and gold your home colors. Yes. That's what I want to say. Sad hear. as that is <laughs> this year. Yes. <laughs> I heard you early yeah. morning. Yes. It, it yeah. does bring up some serious suffering. Yeah. Uh, all right, Len, let's start by talking about um, the countries that you called home for a long time. So you're from America, from this little corner of America. What made you think about going to live in a country on the other side of the globe? God put something in our hearts to, to help people who were in deep need. And um, the Muslim world um, seems largely misunderstood by Americans. Mm. Um, during the time uh, we lived there, uh, there was a refugee crisis and on the border of Afghanistan. And we, sent, we said to God, we're willing to go anywhere you lead us. Uh, send us where needed most. Uh, we didn't want to go where there were already enough workers to take care of things. So we, we – um, so your mind was open at that point. We Just were send open us to send us to the place where needed most, where maybe others weren't willing to go, where where people hadn't heard about Christ, because that's a message of hope for us. That's that when I met Christ, that changed my life. Mm -hmm. And so, where there was not only physical need but spiritual need, and that's the kind of place we were willing to go to. And so, um, God gave us the privilege of serving on the border of Afghanistan. And uh, we lived among the people there, and my wife uh, worked with the uh, with the women in uh, an OBGYN hospital. Uh, she's a nurse midwife, and um, I uh, learned language at the local university and from local people, just hanging out with folk, and uh, then began to do cultural research and educational work, and uh, to be available to humanitarian agencies who were involved in first relief and then reconstruction and then in development work in that region. I see. So, Len, the people that you connected with those who you knew and loved in Afghanistan and Pakistan, they looked at you how? As a friend, a helper, someone who could open up doors or what? A weird American? What? Yeah. How, how did all that work? <laughs> well, you know, first of all, you're, you're a guest. That was what was amazing to me. They have a very strong, they're the host, you're a guest in their country. And so I could be riding on the bus and, you know, why are you here? And I would tell them, um, Almighty God has put it into my heart to come here and learn your language and serve your people. And it's like, you know, a fishing line with three hooks on it. Uh, they could pick up on Almighty God, put this in your heart. You believe in God. That shocked them. Mm -hmm. uh, they think we're— Why was that shocking? Well, they think that um, we're atheists. We live kind of wild lives here. They think um, Americans are atheists. Atheists, well, they'd also, you know, the Russians and others, they, if we're not a Muslim, what are you, right. you know? Mm. So they, um, 
that that would surprise them. So are you a Muslim? And I'd say, I'm a believer in one God, and I'm a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. So you're a Christian? Yes. Um, I tried to avoid the stereotype of Christian. So some would pick up on that. Others would say, you're learning our language. Um, how is it? You know. Um, and others would want to talk about how we want to serve their people and why – and I could tell them why I felt it was important to first learn the hidden uh, highway to the heart, learning their language. Um, but what they language w- do they speak, Len? They spoke – in that area, they spoke the language of Pashto. Uh, but others' languages – Urdu is uh, another national language in Pakistan and uh, a Persian language in, uh, in Afghanistan – but they were always deeply touched that we cared enough to learn mm. their language. But that, so they regarded me, um, first of all, I was there as a student. I was learning. They respected that, um, that I was always curious. I could ask all kinds. When you're a student or you're a scholar, you can ask all kinds of questions. That's kind of your job to right. ask what my wife calls annoying questions. Um, <laughs> then um, I, be, I, I started to do educational work. So I'm a director of an organization doing educational work. And then uh, thirdly, I'm a believer in God. And Muslims, um, they're in the Quran even. We Christians and, and Jews are regarded as people of the book. Mm-hmm. It's a positive designation. Mm-hmm. We have a book. We're not like, uh, we're not like uh, infidels who have no book. We're not like the Hindus. They're regarded as idolaters. They have no book. We have holy books that they respect, the Old Testament and the New Testament. So to put us in a different category so we could have very respectful conversations. Um, they never met a Christian, many of them. Never mm-hmm. met a Christian before. Never heard um, about the gospel as we understand the good news of Jesus Christ. They'd never read the scriptures in our Bible in their own language. So if one can speak with them about spiritual things in respectful terms, in honest terms, they never get mad. It's against the rules to get angry. Um, you, you just talk, and you drink a lot of chai. You drink a lot of tea, and you got to mm-hmm. hold it a long time <laughs> in these conversations. It's, it's All great right, so, fun. So what about, Len, um, the political difficulties between our countries? What about – the, what about 9-11? What about the, well, the was, American was occupation of Afghanistan? Yeah. Because you were spent 20 years there pre-9-11 and then probably 20 years or so after. Well, over, the, over time, over these 40 years now, um, things have changed, yes. Um, during the time we started out, um, you know, jihad was a good thing. Why? Well, they were killing Russians, right? And everyone, mm-hmm. the whole world was helping them. China was helping them, America, Iran, Saudi mm. – so there was a, there was sympathy for them to free their country. They were mujahideen, freedom mm-hmm. fighters. Mm-hmm. So America and others were sending in weapons. Then, of course, they got entangled with these other bad guys, the, the al-Qaeda's, these non-state actors that came in, intermarried with some of the top leadership, what became the Taliban. And the country descend, well, descended into civil war first, then the rise of the Taliban, which started out as a kind of a law and order movement. It was a mess over there. There were checkpoints every five miles mm. in Afghanistan, warlords with their own little fiefdoms, um, the violation of women, uh, banditry, all of this going on. The Taliban were initially welcomed as a law and order movement to straighten things out. But they ended up imposing a very, as we know, a very harsh form of Islam mm-hmm. that was actually alien to Afghan uh, culture. And gradually um, that, of course, was resented. And then these um, what we call pan-Islamists, al-Qaeda, those, those types of groups, 
they had sort of glo- a global anti-Western and anti-American agenda, and that entangled uh, with the Afghans is I what see. led to the disaster of 9-11, and of course now the, the mess, they're still in a bit of a mess. It is a mess. So yeah. then the entire time you're there, you in some ways have to be a, a sifter of the culture, relying on friendships and relationships to inform you of your own place in society, your own family well-being, and your own work. All those things had to go together. And one has, that's right, John, and, and one has to have a, a sense that I'm not simply an American. I am an American. I love my country, but I'm a follower of Christ. So as the, as the New Testament says, our citizenship is in heaven. I've got a, a more a transcendent citizenship. I, so I have to see people not just in terms of, of politics, but as human beings um, who, who, need, who have needs and wants and desires and hopes and dreams. And so when I'm sitting with a Muslim, one has to be able to – you hold your American worldview and that loyalty and love we have for our country. But, but they've, got, they've got their own faith tradition. They sure. have their own love for their country. So as a follower of Christ, I, I want to see this person as they are, their heart, their heart needs, and engage them at that level. So, you, so there's not the hostility. I don't have to defend American foreign policy. Right. That's not why I'm there. I'm not there to help them politically, militarily, or any other way. We're there to help them uh, with what we have educationally and physical needs. But even more important, um, I believe the, the deepest need of the human heart is to know God. That's what radically changed my life. And swiftly, all those years ago, it was, you can know God. And I thought, wow, if there's a God, um, I want to know you. If I can know you personally, I'll follow you the rest of my life if I can know you. But I don't want to play religion. But Jesus said, this is eternal life, to know you, the only true God. And you've done that. And that still is a startling, wonderful message. Mm -hmm. You can know him personally. And our Muslim friends, see, one has to understand, for God, there's some elements we have in common. Belief in a creator God, a transcendent God, all-powerful, all-knowing, and all of that. But he's not a person. Mm. The goal in Islam is is not to know God, but to obey God, to submit to God. Whereas in the Bible, we find a God who wants us to know him. He takes initiative to find us. Adam, where are you? He says in Genesis. That's startling. Um, And he sweeps us up into relationship with Father, Mm -hmm. Son, and Holy Spirit. So relationship is at the heart of the universe. Love is at Mm -hmm. the heart of the universe. We can know God. That's a message, I think people in desperate need, uh, people in contexts of pro- protracted crisis and war, people who are disillusioned, they need to hear that, that message. Dr. Len Bartlotti is with us. He's talking to us about his 40 years overseas in Afghanistan and Pakistan, helping people. Our conversation continues with Len in just a few minutes, so we hope you stick around. pumpkins, pumpkins, and more pumpkins. Pumpkins are what the Springhouse is thinking about this time of year. Hi, it's me, Marcia, from the Springhouse, and we love sharing our farm with you during this beautiful time of year. We've got all kinds of fun planned for you and your family to be able to spend the whole day on our farm. 
pumpkin patch hay rides, a petting zoo, giant square bale stack and pipes for sliding, a hay maze and a corn maze, pumpkin picking right out of the field, old time games under a tent up on the hill, and lots more. And when you get hungry, of course, we have great eats inside, too, with lots of pumpkin creations. Pumpkin pie, pumpkin cookies, pumpkin bread, pumpkin custard, and even pumpkin black bean chili. Every October Saturday features a family-friendly meal, and October Sundays feature our 4-H hog roast with all the fixins. Plan to spend a memory-making day on the farm at the Springhouse in 84 PA, 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com. The Steelers, Penguins, and Pirates are successful sports teams because they have a plan and they stick to it. Before their games even start, they know what they want to do and how they're going to do it. The same is true in retirement. Do you have a game plan or are you just going to wing it when that day comes? I'm Ethan Lane, Associate Advisor at Accurate Solutions Group, where we strictly focus on retirement planning. We help people retire with confidence, clarity, and independence. Give our team a call now to start building your own retirement blueprint. 412-515-3555. That's 412-515-3555. Don't be unprepared. At Accurate Solutions Group, we can help build you a plan to get you to and through retirement successfully. 412-515-3555. That's 412-515-3555. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. It's happening. Wherever cupcakes are being frosted, songs are being recorded, and engines are being tuned, ADP is designing a better way to work. With industry-leading HR, talent, time, benefits, and payroll, more companies rely on ADP than any other HR partner. From small business to global enterprise, see how ADP can help you and your people achieve what you're working for at design.adp.com. ADP, always designing for people. Train up children in the way they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. Visit pittsburghchristianschools.net to discover godly teachers and great classmates near you. That's pittsburghchristianschools.net, pittsburghchristianschools.net. You know what the price of gas is right now? Doesn't matter how many dollars and who cares cents. Get the Easy Pay card at Circle K and save 30 cents a gallon on your first 100 gallons. Then save 6 cents a gallon on every fill-up after that. Sign up in store and visit circlek.com slash easypay for more details. Clearing skies tonight, it'll turn cooler and more comfortable with the low 53. Then tomorrow, looks to be partly sunny and pleasant with a high 73. It'll be clear tomorrow night with a low 52. Nice days coming up Wednesday. It'll be mostly sunny and a little warmer. High will be 78. Cooler again Thursday. Clouds will break for sun with a high 72. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm meteorologist Frank Strait. Dr. Len Bartlotti is with us. Len is a professor of intercultural studies. He's lived in the Middle East for more than 40 years. It's been said of Len that he fits into many categories, but he does not fit easily into one. Well, right now, the 4 o'clock hour, he fits into this category quite well. And we're happy about it. Len, I was intrigued. Before the break, you said that your friends, the people you worked with, lived with, um, and were friends with in uh, Afghanistan... And I'm trying to say that appropriately because, of course, we say Afghanistan here, but I'm, uh, I'm trying to follow your lead. Nice that that their um, the brand of Islam that they practiced was different than what we 
see in the Taliban or al-Qaeda or any of those radical Islamist organizations. And I think if you ask the average American what kind of Islam do Afghanis practice, I think they would say, well, they're all radicals. Yeah, I think um, we, we do have these sort of stereotypes of, uh, of other religions. Th- I think we need to think first about Christianity. If someone says, what's Christianity like? <laughs> okay, so, well, Christianity in some rural parts of Mexico, it's mixed with mm-hmm. magic and, and uh, you know, local practices. Um, Christianity is practiced in Italy. If you travel through, through Spain or, or cathedrals in Italy, you see a very – something just overladen with incense and, mm-hmm. you know – Very uh, mystical. Very mystical, all of this kind of thing. Right. Um, going to shrines and superstition and so on. So – Christianity is varied. Someone yes. says, what's Christianity like? Well, I mean, look there at are us, varied expressions. How many thousands of denominations, Christian denominations, there are right now, right? Exactly, exactly. So in, in a similar way within Islam, this is why my interest was not in this sort of um, platonic, pure Islam thing that you read in a book, but how is it practiced on the ground? Mm-hmm. It's what we call in, in academic circles, it's the anthropology of Islam. I see. How is a faith rooted in the soil of a particular culture or region, and what's it look like there? Right. So when you were living there, you were living in an apartment, and right next door you heard evening prayers. You could hear evening prayers, and in the way it was expressed in that part of uh, South and Central Asia, Pakistan, Afghanistan region, um, there are varieties of Muslims. So when I meet a Muslim, I'm not telling him this is what you believe. Uh, I'm not assuming this is what he's like. I'm asking questions. You got to first listen. You ask questions. What, I mean, I I want to give them the same respect that I would like. I, as a person who believes in the Bible and in Christ, I don't want someone saying to me, "Oh, yeah, you're one of those people who, you know, bombs abortion clinics." Well, no, uh, you believe this. No, ask me what I believe. Mm-hmm. And so I accord that same respect to Muslims. There are Muslims then who are very, very devout. Um, they're going. They're saying their prayers five times a day. They're going regularly to the mosque. There are others who would be, we might say, cultural Muslims, the equivalent of a Christmas sort of a Christmas Easter, Easter Christian, right? Mm-hmm. But they still would identify with the Islamic tradition. Then you have um, what you might call secular Muslims, right? They might be in the West or in their own country, but God's out there, but he's not really a part of their life. They're not practicing. They're not saying their prayers during the month of fasting. They're not fasting. They're snacking. Um, it's not they're, – they're not very devout and religious. Um, you do have some that swing way to the other side that are um, – they're trying to find meaning by rediscovering the original Islam. And they become very devout. And you have those then who are a bit more radical. They would like to see – Islam, Islamic government, Islamic laws um, enacted and enforced in a, in, in a whole country. Sharia so, law. Sharia law, where the apparatus of the state is used. This is what the Taliban did. Uh, the apparatus of the state then is used to enforce Islam. That is, when it's prayer time, they come around and shutter the shops. It's time to pray. Now, we know that really you can't you – can't, um, Religion isn't compulsory. It's not compulsory. Right. And you, the real you, thing is It doesn't it? change the heart, right? Right. So and then th- what you're saying is that wherever people are, people are people. People are people. So first we engage them as people. And, um, and also people who, 
who need God and need forgiveness. I need forgiveness. See, it helps <laughs> to have enough to be self-reflective enough to know your own heart, yes. that you're capable of religiosity, that we can deceive ourselves, that we can look good on the outside. And our Muslim friends know this. We could identify immediately. They are familiar with uh, bearded guys, religious leaders who have their prayer beads and uh, seem to be very serious and pious, but actually um, they cheat, they're corrupt, they're hypocrisy. Hypocrisy is part of the human condition. Well, we all have that problem. So how do you deal with that? How do you change the heart? How do we live for God from the inside out rather than imposing it from the outside in? Well, we need a miracle in the heart. Yes. And then we pour a little more chai. And can I tell you the story of how God found me and changed my heart? So immediately we're identifying as people who need God, and I'm one of those. So let me tell you the story, and Jesus Christ changed my life, and through him we can have friendship with God. And you're not standing on a street corner somewhere handing out Bibles. You're letting your light shine where it's supposed to shine. Right. And and one of the – there's several differences in living in that part of the world. One – there's people around. You know, you, when we used to live in, in Los Angeles, you don't see people. You see cars, but you don't see people, mm, right? Interesting, um, yeah, But imagine right. a world in which, you know, a, a jam-packed mall on a Saturday. I assume people still maybe go to malls here occasionally. But occasionally. imagine a, just filled with people. That's like every day. People around you. So one, you see that. Two, you make time. For people, so a different understanding of time. Mm. When a guest comes to your house, you drop everything. You can't say, "Well, I have to be at the station. I've got a, a broadcast of four p.m." No, you have a guest. When I would go to the university, if the professor had a guest from the village, no class today mm. because you entertain a guest is honored mm. like a king, and so you have time for people. And there's no such thing as a five minute visit. Uh, when you come, you're welcomed. They immediately put, uh, the British would call it, put the kettle on. Immediately they're making chai and they're going to bring out cookies and dried fruit and nuts and so on. If you ask a guest, do you want do you want chai, it means you don't want to give it. No, you don't. You just assume this is a guest. And so they bring that out. And then if you're anywhere within, say, plus or minus two hours of a meal time, they're going to insist that you stay for a meal. And the kitchen's already in gear. And you say, well, you know, I do have this appointment. You know, Kathy's expecting me to be at a such and such a place. And they say, oh, it will be ready very quickly, inshallah. Well, inshallah, is a, it means like, if, you know, it, it means if, if Allah wills, if God wills. But mm-hmm. it also means like maybe. <laughs> so, so you know, you get your car fixed. When's it going to be ready? Uh, inshallah, tomorrow. Well, that could be two weeks, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, but they're insisting that you stay. So experiencing so, – so a different view of people, a different view of time, and a different view of food and hospitality. It is It is absolutely basic that you treat your guests royally. And it was around these bottomless cups of chai or after a meal – um, that we would sit and have conversations about life and, and about the heart and about God. And, and almost any conversation, there's a spiritual root, isn't there? I mean, they could say, mm-hmm. well, America hasn't, has been an insincere friend. And it's like, well, you know, actually, yeah. we all find insincere friends, don't mm-hmm. we? Hypocrisy is, is part of the human condition. And, and, and I longed for a true, sincere friend. And then I, read, I started reading the New Testament um, before I went to university, and I found there that Jesus said that 
He, he was a friend, actually, of tax collectors and sinners. That's amazing. And, and then he said, no greater love is any man than this. Then he laid down his life for, for his friend. That's, that's a real friend. And, and Christ did that so we can know God and have friendship with God. So we, that's almost any conversation leads to some dimension of spiritual truth as well. And I wasn't forcing anything on them. These are people who love to talk about God. It's a part of their, their life. So that's another dimension of what it's like to, to live in that world. You can have, if you like to talk about God and if you can hold chai you know, in your system for a long time and drink lots of it, um, it's a wonderful world to it's, live in. These are very – they're family-oriented. They're welcoming. Um, they're kind. Uh, then it sounds you like know. you miss it. We do. We do. There's a lot about that that we, we don't find. Here. Easily in America, it's a different pace of life, a different style. And, and someone yeah. listen to you and say, oh, "Len, you sound like an evangelist," but you weren't necessarily evangelist, were you? You were a friend. It starts in building bridges of trust and friendship. Um, I read, I read recently um, an article where, where online where uh, he was saying, "You know, we should regard ourselves not as not as evangelists as Christian or do evangelism." Rather, be a chaplain. I was intrigued by that, Mm -hmm. Uh, the picture of a chaplain. A chaplain is a a bit milder. Uh, A chaplain is accessible. A chaplain is available. A chaplain kind of feels around the edges of your soul. So what's going on? And and, and may pray with you. Um, I like to think of ourselves, and I I realize what, what I did. Often I was just, in a sense, being a chaplain to my friends. And they don't have to be Christians for you to be a chaplain. Think right. of your, your world. You're meeting people at the fitness center or you're meeting people, you know, or classmates or, or others. Um, when, I'm, when I'm flying somewhere, you know, you meet people. Or in Starbucks sitting there, someone in the, in the next soft chair over. Some people are looking for someone to talk with. And I find that we, we miss it often because I'm too much in a hurry. Mm-hmm. But if we think of ourselves as, as someone who is in – the business of the care of souls, a chaplain. the shepherding of souls, a chaplain, then it makes it a little bit easier because then in that context of love and care, we're doing, again, a lot of listening. It's very important to me. You, you listen to their hearts, trying to find the crack. I describe it as... Uh, you can describe it when we come I'll back, Len. describe it when we come back. <laughs> Len Bartlotti is with us. He's talking about his life abroad for 40 years. Now back in the United States. Stay with us. Our conversation continues in just a few minutes. WORD. Turning Point with David Jeremiah. There is no evidence in the Word of God that any of us gets from the cradle to the grave without stumbling. The road is rough and there are ruts and difficult places, but the Bible tells us there's a way to deal with it. And when we do, God will bless us. Join Dr. David Jeremiah for his series, God Meant It for Good, next time on Turning Point. This evening at 7.30 on 101.5 WORD. I'm Pastor Bill Brainsma of the Pittsburgh Protestant Reformed Church located in Forest Hills. We have been considering the comparison of Jesus to a grapevine. In the last broadcast, we explained the idea of a vine and its branches. One added element Jesus makes in his comparison is that God is the husbandman. A husbandman is a person who cares for the vineyard. He sees to it that the vines yield fruit. He does this, first of all, by purging the vine. 
Each season he cuts the dead branches out of the vine. They do not have the life of the vine in them. Secondly, the branches that do have life in them need to be pruned or trimmed in order that they might bear more fruit in the next season. This is the care extended by the husbandman for the vine. Next time, we will apply this figure to Christ and His church in this world. For information on our church, check out prcpittsburgh.org or call 412-727-6811. Preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things that concern the Lord Jesus Christ. Join Pittsburgh Theological Seminary on Tuesday, October 1st at 4 p.m. for the annual McClure Lecture in World Mission and Evangelism. This year's lecture will feature Executive Minister of Serve Globally, Al Tizon. Dr. Tizon's lecture, Lifestyles of the Rich and Faithful, Confronting Classicism in Mission, will be held on the campus of Pittsburgh Theological Seminary, 616 North Highland Avenue in East Liberty. Learn more at pts.edu. Looking for a satisfying career helping people with disabilities? Consider Life Steps, who's served Western Pennsylvania since 1923 and offers 100% paid health, dental, and vision premiums for full-time employees. All shifts available. Make a difference and call Life Steps today at 724-283-1010 or visit lifesteps.net. That's lifesteps.net to check out available positions. Life Steps is an equal opportunity employer. Put your creativity and your marketing degree to work as a digital marketing strategist with Salem Surround. Unlike a small marketing agency, Salem Surround places a massive amount of tools and support at your disposal so you can be really creative and super competitive as you help Pittsburgh businesses grow. And with our national team at your back, there's no limit to how far you can go. Full and part-time available. Apply now at SalemMedia.com slash careers. Salem Surround, a division of Salem Media Group, is an equal opportunity employee. Dr. Len Bartlotti is with us. Len is a professor of intercultural studies. He's lived in the Middle East and Central Asia for more than 40 years. Len, you are urging us to think of ourselves in whatever sphere we're in, whether it's a, a work sphere, vocational sphere, or it's sitting at Starbucks, or it's with our kids at home or our parents, as chaplains which is different than being, you know, the term evangelist, which sounds like you should be handing out tracts or standing on the top of a mountain or, you know, being super loud in your fervor. Chaplain's different. Chaplain, uh, th- your chaplain is around. You're wholly available. Available, accessible, open, listening, mm-hmm. caring, present. Present. And uh, a lot of us... You know, people in the ministry, pastors, haven't always been trained to listen. Um, I find uh, young people are looking for someone who will look them in the eye, engage them, and ask them questions uh, about their life. Um, people people are longing for that. From young adults, um, like my students, they're longing for a spiritual father mm. or a spiritual mother. It changes the metaphor a bit. Right. But it's also helpful to me. If I view myself, if I'm willing to be a spiritual father, that is someone, the power of a father is not in the authority, it's in blessing, it's in encouragement, it's in affirmation, mm-hmm. it's in believing in someone. It's looking at a it's looking at, at a student and saying, I believe in you, and I believe in, that God's doing something in you, and it's going to happen. And I'm willing to be available to you to, to, to walk with you. As long as you'll have me in your life, I'm here. So uh, let's do coffee this week, you know. Um, that is exciting. It sure me. is. I love to do that. And, and it's missing in the church. Um, 
the lack of spiritual fathers and spiritual mothers willing to take time to mm-hmm. invest. And at this stage in our lives, I mean, thankfully our viewer, uh, listeners can't see us, but, uh, you know, I've got some gray yeah. you know, or silver. It's silver, sparkling silver. <laughs> um, but um, so we should be passing something on to another generation. Well, I want to pass that on to another generation about – adventuring with the Lord Jesus Christ, to be willing to follow him anywhere. He's a good God. He's not going to make you miserable. He's going to lead you to a place where you can, as I would put it, where you can bear maximum fruit and where you can bring him maximum glory with your life. That's what I long to do before I go to the Father's house. I wish that how would we energize the church to focus on something that's so personal but so powerful and so necessary? We need to love him and experience his love. When mm-hmm. you, if you've yeah. got something to yes. share, you, you're willing to talk if about it. If you know it. you're serving a person, a person, and not a set of rules Absolutely. or a denominational structure exactly. or whatever, it's, it's a whole this different is, thing. That's right. This is not something you do just out of quote obedience. Yes, there is obedience. Uh, it's not something you do just because you want to meet human need. You will burn out very, very quickly. The needs are absolutely overwhelming. Even to do it out of love. Yeah, we do it out of love. Uh, but people can be very unlovable, and sometimes you don't feel much love. But when you know Christ, the person, and you know he's with you, there are things I would only do because of him. I think it was because he was there, because he was in us, giving us kind of an inner inner compulsion um, to do what we were doing. I could walk in to places that um, you know most Americans would consider dangerous. Right. So, Len, so talk about that then. So there you are, 40 years in this. There had to be moments in your life, though, where you were anxious, where you were thinking, am I going to be okay financially, spiritually? What about my wife in this situation? What about our own personal safety? Didn't that come into play? We faced it before we went. Mm. When you've put it on the altar, so to speak, enough times, when you've said what I call the little yeses to God, you've given away your life. You're a free person because what's the worst that could happen? You could could die and go to the Father's house. Okay, so that's that's the worst that could happen. So let's get on with it now. Mm. Um, And and (laughs) so, yeah, it was dangerous. I'd be be crazy to say it it, it wasn't, but it's dangerous to follow Jesus. It is. It just is. If you're going to follow Jesus, it's dangerous to your ego. It's dangerous to your pride. It's dangerous to your unforgiveness and your bitterness. It's dangerous to you doing what you want to do with your life. So, yeah, that's 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 basically the deal. Take a break. We've got a few minutes left. Just a smidge ahead, but uh, Len's with us for that smidge. Hope that you stick around as well. Dr. Len Bartlotti, stick around. I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO of Wesley Financial Group and timeshare cancellation advocate. I was sued by the largest timeshare company in federal court for simply helping people cancel their timeshare that they had been lied to about. The jury sized me up and came back with a verdict after only 20 minutes. And yes, I won. My husband and I are more than grateful to everyone at Wesley Financial Group. You know, thanks to Chuck and his team, we feel as though a weight has been lifted and we can move on without the worry of a troublesome timeshare. Whether you owe ten dollars to $250,000 on your timeshare, it's my mission to get you out of your timeshare, eliminate your payments, and get them off your back permanently. 
and we proudly hold an A-plus rating with our Better Business Bureau. Want to learn more about getting rid of your troublesome timeshare? Call Wesley Financial Group now for your free consultation. Call 800-691-9999. That's 800-691-9999. 800-691-9999. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray-on bed liners, tonneau covers, weather tech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters. Always a favorite. Extreme car and truck in Bridgeville. For the extreme in all of us. At extremetruck.net. What you want is awesome new flooring at a great price. What you don't want is to spend hours at a showroom looking for it. With at-home flooring, you won't have to. At-home flooring is where awesome happens. And their family's been bringing awesome straight into Pittsburgh homes with top-quality hardwood, tile, carpet, and vinyl for over 50 years with their free shop-at-home experience, along with great selection and professional installation. So forget the showroom and schedule a little bit of awesome instead. Visit athomeflooringpgh.com. I thought it was a great experience working with Nello. They were honest, understood what we were looking for. They really went above and beyond. Impact Christian Church on building ministry with Nello Construction. How they spent time with us and got to know us on a personal level really meant a lot to us because they got to know us, not just our building, and that really came out in what they constructed for us. We took this old building that was pretty beat up and to see it transformed into what it is today was truly an awesome experience. Got a vision? Begin the journey at NelloConstruction.com. Join Pittsburgh's Theological Seminary on Tuesday, October 1st at 4 p.m. for the annual McClure Lecture in World Mission and Evangelism. This year's lecture will feature Feature Executive Minister of Serve Globally, Al Tizon. Dr. Tizon's lecture, Lifestyles of the Rich and Faithful, Confronting Classicism in Mission, will be held on the campus of Pittsburgh Theological Seminary, 616 North Highland Avenue in East Liberty. Learn more at pts.edu. Dr. Len Bartlott has been with us this hour. We really have loved this conversation. We sure have. Len, with only a minute left, um, talk to us about just reflecting on God's faithfulness. You know, you lived, you've lived, you lived a combination life in America and the Middle East for over 40 years. He is faithful. Um, he's present with us. It's like Moses said, if your presence doesn't go with us, mm-hmm. don't, don't even take me any further yeah. into this uh, sort of promised land. And it's... It's because of the presence of God with us, knowing him personally. That's what makes this worthwhile. We're still willing to follow him. We're in a different season of life, but we're willing to follow him wherever he leads. And what I try to communicate to young adults and students, um, this is a God who will go with you. You're Mm. not left alone, and that's good news. Any part of the world, any troubled part of the world, this is a God. I may not be able to fix Afghanistan or the Syrian refugee crisis. We try to do all we can. But we can promise that there's a God who knows your tears. He sees them when they fall silently on the pillow. When no one else knows you're weeping at night, he knows. Mm-hmm. And he's with you in the midst of your suffering. That's his name. And that's true for anyone who is struggling with illness, with loneliness as they're driving down the freeway, with, with, a, with a, the, the, the fallout from a broken relationship, with the fruit of their own sin or the sins of others against them, the wounds that we all carry. This is a God who entered into 
our human condition, feels our pain. He's the man of sorrows, and he loves us. And we can know that love in the midst of whatever surroundings we're in. That is really, really, really good news. Fabulous. Len, always a pleasure. Mm. Thank you so much for stopping by. It's It's an honor for us. We do. Thank you. Hey, uh, we need to take a break for news, weather, traffic. Uh, Our 5 o'clock hour, Dr. Thomas Kidd is with us. Who is an evangelical? Who is an evangelical? Who is an evangelical? What does that even mean? I don't know. We're going to talk about it coming up. Stick around for that. Also, we're going to talk about um, North America apparently has lost 3 billion birds over the last 50 years. Is that because of cats? (laughs) Probably some degree of it. And we're going to take a little peek at uh, what happened at the Emmys last night. All right. That's all in the mix. Straight ahead, the 5 o'clock hour of the ride home here on Word FM and WPIT Radio. Sharing the word that changes the world. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. President Trump is calling on global leaders to end religious persecution. In a speech at the United Nations, the president called on leaders around the world to join him in what he called this urgent moral duty. We ask the governments of the world to honor the eternal right of every person to follow their conscience, live by their faith, and give glory to God. The president said protecting religious freedom is one of his highest priorities, and he declared America stands with believers in every country. Greg Clugston, the White House. President Trump is denying that he told the president of Ukraine that his country would only get U.S. aid if they investigated the son of Democratic rival Joe Biden. On Wall Street, the Dow by 15 points to 26,949. The Nasdaq dropped five. The S&P lower by a fraction. Oil up to 58.64 a barrel. This is SRN News. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, driven by Calusi Chevrolet, serving the Pittsburgh area for over 100 years. Hurricane Dorian battered the Bahamas relentlessly for two days. Nobody knows how many people died here. How anyone survived this amount of damage is a near miracle in itself. Now, weeks later, the suffering is immense. People have lost everything. They need help and hope. You know, sometimes when when we make a request for donations, we might say pray on it, we might say think about it, but there is no time. The urgency in a catastrophe of this magnitude allows us only to beg you to give your most generous donation right now. Your gift of any size right now will speed relief supplies to the Bahamas through food for the poor. It is very, very, very hard. It's me, I lose everything. But I thank God for life. Call 855-828-4673. 855-828-HOPE. Or give online at wordfm.com. October 11th and 12th, Gospel Life Church in Evans City presents the 2019 Engage Conference. This year's theme, Communion with God. Join keynote speakers Dr. Carl Truman of Grove City College and Dr. Andy Snyder of Radiant Church Austin, along with an esteemed panel of guests as you explore ways to go deeper in your relationship with God. Child care will be provided. Reserve now at gospellifechurch.net slash conference. The 2019 Engage Conference, October 11th and 12th. Details at gospellifechurch.net slash conference. Nobody does spicy like Wendy's. Yep. So all hail the queen of spice, because this is the day Wendy's spicy nuggets are back. And tomorrow is the day Wendy's spicy nuggets are back. Wendy's brought them back. So now every day is the day Wendy's spicy nuggets are back. This is the 
the ground, but this is the way. That's all news, baby. This is the day. They gon' miss us today. You will miss us today. Wendy's spicy nuggets are back. Get yours this day. We got you. For a limited time, only at participating Wendy's. If you'd like a smartphone that's really smart, download the OnePlace.com app. The app that will inspire your faith daily and provide answers to the biggest questions of all. OnePlace lets you download your favorite pastor's programs and listen, even offline or in airplane mode, with easy connections to your Bluetooth speaker or dashboard. To download your free OnePlace app, visit the iTunes App Store or the Google Play Store for your Android device and search for OnePlace. That's OnePlace. Bart. It's an amazing song. Maybe you've seen the movie. It's kind of happening. Now see them live in concert. The Imagination Tour featuring Mercy Me. I can only imagine. With special guest Crowder. Thank you, Word FM welcomes Mercy Me. Coming to PPG Paints Arena October 4th. Tickets on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. Clearing skies tonight, it'll turn cooler and more comfortable with the low 53. Then tomorrow, it looks to be partly sunny and pleasant with the high 73. It'll be clear tomorrow night with the low 52. Nice days coming up Wednesday. It'll be mostly sunny and a little warmer. High will be 78. Cooler again Thursday. Clouds will break for sun with the high 72. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm meteorologist Frank Strait. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. A couple of times last week, we uh, we were with bated breath, awaiting the arrival of the horde of tens of thousands, nearly say 1.5 million or more, who were expected in a dusty town in the Nevada desert. In fact, we, the three of us, made a wager. Right. Of how many people would show for this event. Right. Uh, I have the numbers if you'd like for me to <laughs> remind you. So you want to revisit those numbers, well, do you? I just want to say what the numbers were. Okay, fine. Yeah, uh, fine. You predicted that um, 100,000 people would show. 110,000. Oh, 110. I'm sorry. Yes, I wrote yeah. down 100,000. 110,000. Um, Mike uh, estimated there would be 21 people, mm-hmm. and I estimated there would be 11. <laughs> You two were much, much closer than I was. Okay. Much closer. Now, uh, authorities said that 1,000 people 1, visited people. Area 51 gates on Friday, Thursday and Friday. Just 1,000 people. Mm-hmm. Um, as many as 200 people gathered. at Now, apparently Area 51 is so large, there's different gates, you know, entrance gates. Mm. So 1,000 at one gate, 200 at another gate, 20 at another gate. Over a couple of days, that happened. Okay, so I, I think Mike wins our wager. I guess. At, with 21. 21. Mike. I overshot. Oh, yeah. I mean, I kind of really was expecting sort of be like, you know, an alien Woodstock was going to happen. That is you the, know? yeah, that is a very funny image in my head. I just thought, you know, people, but although, and I, listen, a little earlier, I'm sitting in the studio and I'm watching Mike watch videos of people who were dressed up who did show up. Mike, it was a pretty entertaining crowd, wasn't it? <laughs> Yeah, to, to say the least. A lot of uh, they they looked like people from Comic Con. No, not that yes, not that uh, Comic Con people are uh, uh, 
Well, they're, they are weird. Yeah, yeah they are. Let's weird. just say it. Well, well, maybe Let's like the Furbies. Because the Furbies always show up in Pittsburgh. Maybe they should do it out at Area 51 mm-hmm. next yeah. year. Yeah. The Furby convention. Yeah. But, I mean, but they weren't really dressing up in fur, though, because mm-hmm. most aliens are not no, envisioned them, that way. Yeah. Some of them had uh, aluminum foil hats. Yeah. Right. Um, to protect themselves from, from gamma radiation or whatever. Right. <laughs> now, now, to be fair, you know, uh, what I liked about this is that the United States Air Force, who they are the ones who administer the uh, Area 51, they took this very seriously, and so they had people ready at you know at the at the drop of a hat to respond to large masses of people. But uh, by Saturday, late Saturday afternoon, they allowed all those employees to go home because they saw what was the handwriting on the wall that no one was going to show up. So thinking about UFOs yeah. and wondering, like we all do, what exactly is going on at Area 51, you know, caused me to think that maybe we should talk about this statement by the U.S. Navy that came out about a week ago. Mm-hmm. I'm reading from CNN, and it says here, the U.S. Navy has finally acknowledged footage purported to show UFOs hurtling through the air. And while officials said they don't know what the objects are, they're not indulging any hints either. The objects seen in three clips of classified, declassified military footage are, quote, unidentified aerial phenomena, Navy spokesperson Joe Grandisher confirmed to CNN. The clips released between December 2017 and March 2018 by To the Stars Academy of Arts and Sciences appear to show fast-moving oblong objects captured by advanced infrared sensors. In a footage back from 04, sensors lock on a target as it flies before it accelerates out of the left side of the frame too quickly for the sensors to relocate it. Two of the videos, and I've seen these both, both from 2015, contain audio from U.S. fighter pilots attempting to make sense of what they are seeing. Now, you've heard this this audio, too. I have, yeah. So they're kind of freaked out. Of course, because this thing is flying like faster than anything they can imagine. And, you know, these are fighter pilots. These are guys who are used to, you know, flying along at gigantic thousands of miles an hour. But what they saw stunned them so much, they both acknowledged it, and then they were like, we have no explanation. We do not know what that was. Right. Now, interesting that the Navy has come out and decided to be transparent about these things now. So um, they said that they're largely doing this to encourage trainees to report incursions they spot. OK, mm-hmm. especially those which threaten their pilot safety. So they don't they want to acknowledge the fact that there are things that we don't understand that we cannot identify. But we want to make sure that we're getting information on whatever anybody sees more than anything so that we can protect our pilots. I like that. That's good. I do too. I mean, you know, in the past, right, the government's been accused of, well, you've hidden things, you know, Area 51 and all that whole thing. So we, we talked about this briefly before. Do you believe in aliens? Um, oh, oh they, there's a lot of room for interpretation there. Well, I don't know. Okay. Undecided. Mike? Undecided. I think, I don't know. Okay, I, there's I just, two. John? Well, I I know this, that our God is a God of creation. And, you know, someone, I don't know who, who, someone has said there are more planets in space than there are grains of sand on every beach in the world. Now, if that's the case, that's a lot of creation. And I don't think God is just creating for the sake of creating planets that are just void, that are just hunks of rocks. So I have to well, believe. But there could be 
just because they are uh, they are a collection of rocks would not make them void of meaning. No, but I believe because God has created all that, there is space for other things besides us. So I don't know. Uh, my gut says, yeah, why not? I hope so. Mm-hmm. Do they are they coming here being friendly? That's a whole other story. But God's well, a God of creation. Well, the one thing that I consistently come back to when I think about this is that eternity is is an infinite time. I mean, that's obvious by its name. But our restrictions that we understand in our physical universe now are going to, mo- I would guess, have the potential at least to be different on the other side of eternity because time will be different. We would or think. Will not, it, and, and so because those planets are uninhabited now doesn't mean they will be in eternity. Could be. Now you're right about that. right? I mean, who is it? Hugh Ross talks about right, angels. We would perceive angels to be aliens. I don't know. I don't know. I don't it's know It's one either. of those things, right? But for, listen, back to CNN, the Navy says for many years, Navy aviators did not report what they saw. For fear of being... The stigma know. attached to the previous previous terminology, all the theories about it, right, made them feel like, well, I don't want to be some, like, looked at as some weirdo. And so they just would see something and shut up. Yeah, there goes my career because I've, you know, I've seen, you know, a green guy. What's the... Okay. Okay, by the way, no one's seen a green guy. All right. No one has. All right, so Area 51, we'll put that to bed. Maybe it'll be a while till we revisit the alien conversation. New Mike wins the wager with 21. 21. That was a lame guess. You just yeah. <laughs> pulled that out. Of, it's like the know. price is right. Come on. Hey, stick around. We're going to talk next about what is an evangelical. Dr. Thomas Kidd joins us. 1.5 WORD. We want to know more about you. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. Go to our website and take our short, anonymous Word FM listener survey. Answer just a few questions. I've got to concentrate. A few easy questions to let us know who you are and how you listen to Word FM. Now, the question is how much cash do you want? How's a hundred bucks? Someone who takes the survey will win $100 cash. Are there any questions? If not, take the listener survey now at wordfm.com slash survey. Tired of opening your closet and never finding what you want to wear? We can help. Stitch Fix is a personal styling service that matches you with your own stylist. Someone who listens to what you love and delivers the best clothes for you right to your door. It starts with a simple profile you create in just minutes. Browse through different styles and share notes with your stylist about what you love, what you'd rather avoid, and what you can't live without. For a small $20 styling fee, your clothes are hand-selected for you based on your profile and then delivered to you so you can try them on in the comfort of your own home. Pay only for what you keep and send everything else back. Plus, the styling fee is applied to what you keep and shipping returns and exchanges are always free. With Stitch Fix, you'll get to discover new styles, new brands, and new looks you might not be able to find anywhere else. And everything is hand-selected to fit your unique shape and your budget. Discover the stylists and styles that work for you at stitchfix.com. Personal styling for women, men, and kids. stitchfix.com. Personal styling for everybody. At the Original Mattress Factory, our mattresses and box springs aren't just American-made. They're hometown-made. Our products are hand-built one at a time in local factories using only the highest quality materials. And each of our employees is also an owner. So when you purchase from the Original Mattress Factory, you're not only getting a quality mattress at a factory direct price, you're also supporting your local economy. Visit an Original Mattress Factory location near you to see what Hometown Made is all about. Once upon a time, customers would find your business with this big, thick book full of phone numbers and competitors' phone numbers. It was a heavy, cumbersome, yellowish-looking thing. 
You'd place your ad in the book and hope customers would call. Hello? Now, there's Salem Surround, delivering customers with targeted digital marketing. Get started with a free evaluation of your digital presence and great ideas to increase your online visibility and revenue. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. How does Eden Christian Academy prepare students for success? Through education that ignites the mind and inspires the spirit. From pre-K through 12th grade. Through 47 state certified full-time teachers. And opportunities in sports, the arts, and service to the community. With results like SAT scores 200 points over the national average. Schedule a tour at any of Eden's three North Hills campuses. And see what the area's largest non-denominational Christian school has to offer. At EdenChristianAcademy.org. What is an evangelical? Can you define those terms? What is an evangelical? I can't, but from, I don't know, my best guess, an evangelical 20 years ago, 30 years ago, was a person who had been born again, quote unquote. That someone would say, yeah, uh, I can identify you as an evangelical. I'm a born again Christian. Right. And now an evangelical is what? Is a white Republican. Oh, okay. All right. Dr. Thomas Kidd is with us. Dr. Kidd is the James Vardaman Distinguished Professor of History at Baylor University. His books include Benjamin Franklin, The Religious Life of a Founding Father, and American Colonial History, Clashing Cultures and Faiths. But uh, Thomas, welcome back to the show. Always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So the new work, What is an Evangelical? That's an excellent question in a very divisive time. Right, and Kathy got it right. <laughs> what the historic meaning of it is, is it, I mean, historically, it just meant uh, a born-again Christian. Um, but it, it, if you wanted to get a little deeper on it, I mean, it, it usually involved uh, a commitment to the Bible as uh, the infallible Word of God, and, and someone who uh, had a kind of a personal relationship with God in, in their daily life, you know, some might talk more about the Holy Spirit, some might talk more about a personal relationship with Jesus, but these are people who have that kind of personal dynamic to their relationship with God. But then, you know, in America over the past 50 years or so, the term evangelical has just become almost inextricably political. Right. So then does it matter if we have lost that identity? I mean, as believers in Jesus Christ or as white Republicans, do the semantics make any difference? Yeah, I think it makes a difference. I mean, uh, because, I mean, in a way, it doesn't matter if people call us evangelical. I mean, I'm an evangelical, so it doesn't matter to me in a certain sense if people call me, you know, an evangelical or a Bible-believing Christian or or whatever. But uh, I I think evangelical is going to stay the common terminology for these kind of people. And I think just out of commitment to the historic tradition, it's it's uh, and whatever you think about the Republican Party, pro or con or whatever, I don't think that evangelicals want to have their faith Mm-mm. fundamentally defined in a political way. No, no, that's dangerous. So, so there are many people, of course, would hear the term evangelical, the word evangelical. They'd either roll their eyes and they'd probably spit at the same time. Yeah, right. I mean, the, the transition to a fully politicized definition has also helped to make evangelicals, white evangelicals, uh, probably the most reviled uh, religious group in America. And, and uh, you know, whether that's fair or not, it, it definitely it comes with, with the fact that uh, now evangelicals seem to be white Republicans who consider themselves religious, maybe 
Um, but all the, the theological detail has just gone away. Thomas, let's talk about the term evangelical. Is, is that a, a purely American creation? No, it's not. Uh, I mean, the, the term evangelical in English goes back to the 1500s. Um, and, it, and it used to, at, at the beginning, it just meant like gospel, uh, like a, a, you know, or a, a, a faithful kind of book or sermon or something like that. And and so I mean of course the word evangelion is a is a Greek word that just means good good news, uh, so of course it has biblical roots. But and then it got associated in German with the evangelisch the Reformation tradition, but it's really in the 1740s with the Great Awakening uh, in in England and America and so forth that it started to be used in that more focused way about the religion of people who have been born again. Right. Okay, so Thomas, in your book, What is an Evangelical?, you offer a a very succinct definition, and I'll just read this. You say, quote, Evangelicals are born-again Protestants who cherish the Bible as the Word of God and who emphasize a personal relationship with Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit, end quote. Right, right. Yeah, and that, that kind of approach to it, I mean, obviously I'm wanting to recover the theological, but also the experiential kind of side of the definition. And that also means that being an American really doesn't have much to do with it. I mean, um, you, you know, so you're somebody in a Chinese house church or a, a Nigerian Pentecostal or something like that could easily fit that definition. And really, evangelicalism's growth areas globally today are not in America uh, but are in other places like Latin America, Sub-Saharan Africa, East Asia, and and so forth. So I, I believe now that this is just you know my recollection, decades old, that I first heard the term used in a general application across the society uh, during the Reagan years. Right, that somehow evangelical entered mainstream America. Is that true? Well, I think the, a couple of turning points on this is the founding of the National Association of Evangelicals in 1942. I mean, okay. that's the most important use of it as a noun in in, in the English language. I mean, it sometimes had been used as a noun before that, but that, that's a real turning point. And then 1976 is really important because of Jimmy Carter, who identified as an evangelical and didn't mind telling people about his born-again mm-hmm. experience. And then Newsweek said the 1976 was the year of the evangelical. Hmm. And so that's uh, when the word evangelical really bursts onto the national media scene, uh, and evangelical uh, becomes very commonly linked uh, to political behavior and voting. So the political behavior is the moral majority. Yeah, I mean, the moral majority is sort of the, the fulfillment of this, but it, but it really starts to come on the scene even before Jerry Falwell uh, with and, and something else really important that happens in 1976 is for the first time Gallup starts polling about evangelicals, uh, and when they would ask people, "Are you an evangelical or born again?" Then the next, if the, if the answer was yes, the next question was about their political views. Mm. Right. So, 
Let's talk about the propensity to link religion and politics. So this is as old as there's been governance, right? This is mm-hmm. not this is by far not a uniquely American phenomenon. This was this sure. was this was this this is what happened. This is how humans have have regulated it. Um Wars have been fought, you know, governments have risen and fallen based on their association with a particular religious outlook. So why is this, this uh, perversion of the word evangelicalism, so concerning? Well, I don't think that there's ever been a time, at least for evangelicals, that we've been so strongly associated with not just government, but a certain political party. Um, and and it not only obscures that sort of global uh, aspect of evangelical life, which is so dynamic and growing in other parts of the world, uh, but it also obscures the fact that there are plenty of evangelicals in America who a don't vote, right? But they're but they're still evangelicals, mm-hmm. and then evangelicals who are African Americans or Hispanics or Asian Americans or, or whatever who may not fit the mold of the white Republican religious person, uh, but who are just as evangelical as, you know, a, a white Republican born-again churchgoer. So I, I, think, I think that political association is really disruptive to yes. the nature of the evangelical community in America and around the world. And, and I'm sure there are many people who are, are believers in Jesus Christ, who are Bible readers, who have a very strong worldview of Christ in the middle of all things, who when they hear the label evangelical would want nothing to do with it, would flee from that label. That's especially the case uh, with African Americans, uh, who are, are, are much more inclined to affirm that they're born again, but they, but they tend not to want to say that they're evangelical, because especially now to them they, they hear political uh, uh, affiliation linked with that term, and, they, and and of course the the African American Christians are are overwhelmingly devoted to the Democratic Party, and so they they don't want to affirm you, you know evangelical political associations as they hear it. Right. Historically speaking, Tom, and I'm asking you, of course, because you're uh, a historian. There is there a long history of government corrupting religion, whether it's evangelicalism, Catholicism, Protestantism, Islam, whatever. Sure, and and uh, I mean this is why so many evangelical Christians at the time of the American founding were calling for a really strong separation of church and state, because a lot of times in the colonial period it was evangelical Christians who were being persecuted by the colonial governments. You know, Baptist preachers being thrown in jail and fined for tax evasion because they wouldn't donate to support the official state church. Uh, and, and so they knew that when the government gets deeply involved in religion, that the government corrupts the church. And, and so that, that was the sort of founding idea of separation of church and state. Now, in the past 50 or 60 years, it's often been interpreted to, uh, in secular terms, about we've got to get rid of religion in American public life. But evangelicals at the founded time of the founding wanted separation of church and state because they wanted to keep the church pure. Hmm. Okay, so Tom, now in America, we're, you know, we're, of course— at a very odd place for what it is to be a believer in Christ, to be an actual evangelical in word and deed and thought. Mm -hmm. So for many pastors, 
right, who are in charge of people who identify as evangelicals, I'm sure that they're walking a, a very difficult tightrope, tightrope, right? To to be part of the community, to engage, to want to invite more people into relationship with Jesus. Right. And, and so, are they? Do you find? Did you find in your research that there are pastors who are trying to say more what they're not than what they are? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that there is, especially a younger generation of pastors, but but lots of pastors across the board who are increasingly sensitive. Uh, these days to not communicating that uh, their congregation is just for one political party or that it's sort of serving some particular political interest. Now, I mean, it's the balancing act here is that I think the Bible uh, absolutely has inescapable political implications. And so this is going to come up in your regular preaching uh, diet and so forth about the value of human life and the, you know these kind of things. So uh, it, it, it's it's tough to stay completely away from political implications in your preaching, but I, I think there are lots of pastors now who are very careful about not implying endorsement or fidelity right. to one political party all the time. Right. So now, now Tom, we, we live in this age, <laughs> heaven help us, where you know our preferred pronouns uh, are he, him, <laughs> or she, her. So, I mean, is there... Is there a preferred pronoun for evangelicals that is not evangelical? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't think that. I mean, it depends on your your church setting about whether you would insist on that word or not. I mean, I go to a church that, from my observation, is highly evangelical, but I don't think most of the people there would just readily gravitate towards that term. It's yeah, more yeah. of a a scholars and journalists term. And those people, uh, the kind of people I go to church with, they, they might more readily identify as Bible-believing Christians, okay, or it's a, it's a Baptist church, so maybe if you ask them, they would say Baptist. And I, I don't think it's essential in those kind of contexts to insist on the wor- using the word evangelical, uh, especially if, you, if you're concerned that it's going to cause political associations that some people in your church uh, might find objectionable. Mm. Tom, last question for you. I know that you're not a pastor. I know you haven't written necessarily a work of theology here. Um, at the same time, I know we, John and I have known you for years, and we know you to be a man who's trying to follow after God while at the same time trying to honor God by being excellent in your area of expertise. And so I guess I want to know what we are risking, what the average evangelical is risking by allowing that association to build between evangelicalism and a particular political perspective? Uh, I think there are a number of risks, but the the primary one to me is confusing people about the message of the gospel. Um, and, And if we are perceived fairly or unfairly as basically just being a political interest group, then I think that certainly risks blunting or obscuring the clarity of the gospel that is, uh, you know, that is certainly not tied to a political agenda and definitely not to a political party. Um, and so that, that would be my primary concern, is that the Church needs to be crystal clear about what the gospel is and that it's for all people, uh, all time, everywhere, and it's not about Americanism or politicization or one political party. That's good. Well, Tom, thanks an awful lot. It's always a pleasure to have you with us, and uh, it's an excellent question that you've asked. 
Thanks, guys, for having me. Our pleasure. Dr. Thomas Kidd, who is an evangelical? Hey, stick around. When we come back, we've been told that North America has lost 3 billion birds in the last 50 years. Is that even true? If you're drowning in IRS debt and can't afford to pay, then you need to take advantage of special IRS tax programs that are available and free yourself from IRS collection efforts once and for all. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing throughout the country, the Internal Revenue Service has made it easier to settle delinquent tax problems. An open phone line has been established by Community Tax for consumers to call and see if they qualify. Take down this number or store it in your cell phone, but call the Community Tax Helpline at 800-500-5588. If you owe back taxes to the IRS and cannot afford to pay them back, or even if you have years of unfiled tax returns, there's no need to fear anymore. But you have to call the Community Tax Helpline today at 800-500-5588 for the help that you need. Don't take on the IRS alone. They can attack your wages, savings, pension, home, and even your Social Security check. Call 800-500-5588 for your free consultation and to see if you qualify. That's 800-500-5588. Bart, it's an amazing song. Maybe you've seen the movie. It's kind of happening. Now see them live in concert. The Imagination Tour featuring Mercy Me. I can only imagine. With special guest Crowder. Word FM welcomes Mercy Me. Coming to PPG Paints Arena October 4th. Tickets on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. No matter what your age, life is full of obstacles. Last spring, the students in Grove City College chose their courses for this fall. And now, after school being in session for a couple of weeks, those plans are set. The students are at work with their eye towards the future. Right. They have to live with the choices they made, right? Right. That's the hard thing about being a student, right? You sign up for something. You're not really sure what it's going to turn out to be like. But as you're in the middle of it, it's hard to keep an eye on what the overall vision is. And that's where I think Grove City is so strong because Grove City maintains that larger vision for equipping students. So as important as your course load is, those 15 or 18 or 21 credits you're taking now are important. But really what's most important is how the school is going to equip the students to perform well in the workplace and be responsible citizens. So as a parent, You wonder about your child, all the work that you've done, helping your child along the path. And now at 18, 19, 20 years of age, your child goes out into the world. All that work that's being done, don't you want to put your child into a good situation where Christ is at the center of all learning? That's what happens in a serious discipline of excellence in the educational process that Grove City gives every day on campus. Be part of this. Look online at Grove City College, gcc.edu. Grove City College, excellence in education. Clearing skies tonight, it'll turn cooler and more comfortable with the low 53. Then tomorrow, looks to be partly sunny and pleasant with a high 73. It'll be clear tomorrow night with a low 52. Nice days coming up Wednesday. It'll be mostly sunny and a little warmer. I will be 78. Cooter again Thursday. Clouds will break for sun with a high 72. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm meteorologist Frank Strait. Oh, my. 
That's a lot of birds. That's a scene from Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds. Now, you know, I like to feed the birds in the backyard. You get a little feeder back mm-hmm. there. You know, mm-hmm. it makes you feel good. And you get to see them. They're beautiful. They're so unique. It's incredible to look at God's creation like that. Now, uh, I saw this last week that apparently uh, North America's skies are lonelier and quieter as nearly 3 billion fewer wild birds soar the air than in 1970. Wow. So a comprehensive study shows the, fo- the study focuses on the drop in sheer number of birds not extinctions. The bird population in the United States and Canada was about 10.1 billion nearly half a century ago, fallen to about 29% to about 7.2 billion birds, according to a study in last Thursday's journal, Science. Uh, Here's a quote. Quote, people need to pay attention to the birds around them because they are slowly disappearing, says study lead author Kenneth Rosenberg, a Cornell University conservation scientist. He says this, one of the scary things about the results is that it's happening right under our eyes. We might not even notice it until it's too late. Now, Rosenberg's study didn't go into what's making the wild birds dwindle away, but he did point to past studies that blame, and I was kidding about this earlier, cats. Oh, really? Habitat loss and windows. Um, He says every field you lose, you lose the birds from that field. We know that so many things are killing birds in large numbers also, like cats and windows. Hmm. Okay, so apparently habitat loss is the number one reason for bird loss. So if you put, if you know, if you had an empty field and then you filled it with 150 homes, right. then you've lost some birds from the field, right? A 2015 study said that cats kill 2.6 billion birds each year in the U.S. and Canada. Holy smokes, you I guys. I mean, hey, pipe down. What the heck? Pipe down. Window collisions kill another 624 million birds. And Flying then, into homes and right, high rises. Right. So they're saying that you can arrest this trend if you care about birds. One thing is you can keep your cats inside. The second thing is you can treat your home windows to reduce the likelihood that birds will crash into them. I'm not sure what... Exactly, that means. I don't know how you treat, treat your them. windows. What do you put tape on them? Like I don't know. I've never had a bird. I've lived in my house for a long time. I've never had a bird run into any window. Oh, haven't you? I never. have. Okay. Yeah. It's hard. You know, it's, have you ever seen a... It's an odd question. Have you ever seen a dead bird? Sure. Aren't they beautiful? Dead birds are not beautiful. Yeah, sure they are. I mean, because the, that's the only way for most people to really get up close oh, to I see, see a bird. So when you see okay. a, like a dead bird like lying in the street, you think... Oh my gosh, look how beautiful that is. And the beak, the feathers, yes. the claws, all that. It's a really yes. an incredible creation. Here's another thing is uh, our new interest in uh, windmills, in that oh, type yeah, of yeah, energy. Yeah, yeah. Sure. What, now, what's the new word for windmills? What do we Wind call it? Wind farms. Wind farms. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to come up with the you know most woke description of what it would be called um, that would be acceptable. Right. Um, anyway, a lot of birds are getting sucked into those. Hmm. All right. Well, because there's no solution is perfect, right? Everything's no, everyone trade-offs. has everyone has a price yeah. that you pay with. It. Everything's trade. Well, it's really sad news, but um, I don't know. So keep your cats inside, people. I'm doing my part. Burton Guster and Princess Charlotte are inside. Okay. Hey, I'll take a break. Come back. We're gonna. Oh, oh, oh. Hey, check this out. We talked to Crowder on Friday. It's such a good time. Tickets are on sale right now for Mercy Me and Crowder October 4th at the uh, Paint, PPG Paints Arena. Check it out online at wordfm.com. Get your tickets now. We'll be there. It's going to be a terrific night of music. I love Crowder and, and my digging Mercy Me as well. So hope to see you October 4th. 
wordfm.com. WORD. Slow down. Turn back. You're going the wrong way. You're making a huge mistake. As hard as it is to hear, being warned is sometimes the most loving thing that someone can do for us. This week on Through the Bible, we'll travel down a stretch of road that has a big warning sign posted over it. Will the people listen to Ezekiel? Will they change their ways? Join us and find out. Through the Bible, this evening at 9 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. You've all helped build MyPillow into the amazing company that it is today. Now, Mike Lindell, the inventor and CEO of MyPillow, wants to give back to word listeners everywhere. You can get deep discounts on all MyPillow products if you go to MyPillow.com right now now and click on the new radio listener specials. Now you can get deep discounts on my pillows, mattress toppers, bed sheets and so much more. For example, MyPillow is bringing back their popular BOGO offer for all MyPillows. That's right. Buy one MyPillow, get another absolutely free. Remember, all MyPillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and 10-year warranty. It's MyPillow's way of saying thank you for all your support. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the new radio listener specials, and get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the buy one, get one free for all MyPillows. Enter promo code WORD or call 800-391-0954 for these great radio specials. That's 800-391-0954 or MyPillow.com. Promo code WORD. Nello is very easy to work with. Impact Christian Church on building ministry with Nello Construction. We had become aware of several churches that are using their building during the week as a community center, and we wanted to go that direction. They were able to grasp that, make suggestions that helped us along the way, and they were conscious of our financial constraints and were really good at helping us to see ways that we could do that within our budget, but within the space that we were developing. Got a vision? Begin the journey at NelloConstruction.com. Looking for a satisfying career helping people with disabilities? Consider Life Steps, who's served Western Pennsylvania since 1923 and offers 100% paid health, dental, and vision premiums for full-time employees. All shifts available. Make a difference and call Life Steps today at 724-283-1010 or visit lifesteps.net. That's lifesteps.net to check out available positions. Life Steps is an equal opportunity employer. Hi, I'm Alistair Begg, and I'd like to personally invite you to join me August 30th to September 6th, 2020, for a week of Christian fellowship and a newfound appreciation for God's creation. Call 855-565-5519 to join us, or visit deeperfaithcruise.com for all the details. Salem Media Group presents the Deeper Faith Alaska Cruise, August 30th through September 6th, 2020. Get more details at wordfm.com slash Alaska. Last night, the Emmy Awards were aired, the 2018 Emmy Awards, even though they were happening in 2019. And it was the lowest viewership that the Emmys have had in whatever. Oh, forever. All-time low. Okay. Now, I didn't watch it. I don't, I don't care to watch it. And the reason I didn't watch it is I didn't want to hear someone's political speech. I watched one award show, and I, I've really gotten kind of tired of that as right. well. I think we're done. Um, however, I have to say that someone who spoke last night, who was an award winner, said something, I think, of, of value. So this is Michelle Williams. She's accepting her award, uh, Best Actress in a Drama Series, for her uh, portrayal of uh, Verdon. What was Verdon's first name? 
Gwen. Gwen Verdon mm-hmm. in the uh, Fosse Verdon Show. This is Michelle Williams. So I want to say thank you so much to FX and to Fox 21 Studios for supporting me completely and for paying me equally because they understood... <laughs> Because they understood that when you put value into a person, it empowers that person to get in touch with their own inherent value. And then where do they put that value? They put it into their work. And so the next time a woman, and especially a woman of color, because she stands to make 52 cents on the dollar compared to her white male counterpart, tells you what she okay. needs in order to... Michelle Williams telling it like it is. It's I'm really not- good. It keeps, it keeps on going, and it's good up until the very end. Now, she... She became kind of a um, a flashpoint, a human flashpoint in this issue because of a project she was doing with Mark Wahlberg. I don't remember what it was, but it was discovered when they were halfway through it that for the amount of time she was putting in, she was earning like a hundred bucks, and he was earning like fifteen hundred dollars. Right. So, and then when I got to give Mark Mark Wahlberg credit because when he found out about that, he said, "Wait a minute, this is completely wrong," and then tried to you know make amends. But it was after the project was already over. Yeah. I mean, kudos to them. What the heck? I mean, they're both sharing the same billing, right? right? They're both major stars. So why would you not be paid the exact same amount of money? I also thought the point she was making is really well understood by anyone in any workplace, that if your employer invests in you, then you're going to produce better work. Right. So she was saying that there were a couple things she asked FX for so that she could portray Gwen Verdon appropriately, like a particular set of false teeth she thought would really help in her appearance mm-hmm. to make her look more like her. And I forget what the what another couple things were. She said, that doesn't sound like a big deal. But she said, it was so gratifying to have my employer say, okay, you feel like you need that? Well, then we're going to give it to you. And she said, and then I produced what I think is some of my best work. Oh, that's fabulous. So I think that works whether you work in a bank or you work in you know a school or you work in a radio station or wherever it is that we can as employers be encouraging to the people who work for us right. we can if if we ask them what do you think you need to do your job well and if it's a reasonable request what if we said yes sure and then we saw what kind of work came as a result. You feel valued as an employee so you give your best. Yeah. Now I know that that 100% Across the board will not work all the time because I know that there's some people who would take advantage. Sure. But I think Michelle Williams highlighted a good example last night. Excellent. Saying people believed in me and I produced this role and I think we're all really yep. proud of it. Okay, so one of the highlights. Now, again, I did not see the Emmys live. But, you know, like a lot of people, I look at the the clips of what happened last night. <laughs> it's a lot less angst-filled, I'll tell you that. For me, the highlight last night was Ben Stiller. Uh, ben Stiller took the stage at last night's Emmy Awards to announce the winner of the Best Supporting Actor in a Comedy Series by honoring late comedians. And he walked by uh, wax statues of uh, Lucille Ball and George Burns, wax statues. The camera then panned to a frozen Bob Newhart who was pretending to be a statue as Stiller continued his routine. And then Stiller said, or then Bob Newhart walked out and he said, I'm still alive, Bob Newhart told Ben Stiller, who introduced him as part of a Wax Museum Comedy Hall of Fame. That's funny. <laughs> I mean, Bob Newhart's what, 94 years old. I love Bob Newhart. Me too. I, compl- I also like Bill- Ben Stiller. I know you don't. I don't. <laughs> no, yeah. I don't. I'm not a fan. Yeah. I l- Didn't you like Night at the Museum, Mike? Oh, that's a big hit, right? Yeah. I love the Knights of the Museum. That's Robin Williams, I mean, Williams, there, and there right? are several yeah. of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They were so good. Yeah. 
Okay. Uh, what about like so? In watching the list go by on my computer of who was winning, right? I realized that I'm not watching anything that anyone else is giving awards for. Well, the, I, these shows that so came much. up. These I I did not watch really any shows that yeah. were nominated other than. Um, that show that came out, The Bodyguard, which was done by BBC, I think. I don't know. That was nominated <laughs> see, for, for that Best either. Drama. That is the, seriously, that is the only thing I watched there's that an, was even nominated at all. Look, we live in this age now where there's just so, if you're so inclined, there's so much to watch. It's just overwhelming. Okay, so isn't you it? watched Fosse Verdon. I loved Fosse Verdon, really. That was, now, you know. It spoke to me because I had worked in the theater and I knew a lot, uh, more so than I, <laughs> I would care to admit, I guess, about Gwen Verdon and Bob Fosse. I loved it. It is really worth watching. It really is. And you don't need to know a whole lot about you know musical theater, but just the style of New York in the 50s and the 60s, to see the nature of creativity between two people, to see ego, addiction, uh, Narcissism, all that. I mean, really, it's a, a, t- a terrific series. I just loved it. I really did. She's a major talent. Oh, she I'll Michelle Williams. She is a major talent. Yeah, she really is. But you know, I'm the, like what uh, Fleabag won no, for I, best I've, comedy. I got to be honest with you, I never heard of that. Show. I did Mike, not either. Do, do you watch that? I never even heard of it. Okay, either. thank you. No. So there's a lot of stuff out there that I was like, um, Mrs. Maisel won, right? Which I I saw. Uh, Mrs. Maisel won, uh, I think. She... Well, Tony Shalhoub won for best uh, comedic oh, actor yeah, yeah. because he is monk. So awesome. He plays Mrs. Maisel's father. He is hilarious. Oh if gosh, you've ever seen ever. that show, in fact, if you don't want to watch the show, you should just take in an episode and just watch him because it's yeah. worthwhile. You know, it's a good show. I don't like uh, it all that much. I watched the first season and then I lost my interest in it. I get that. This is my Stranger Things moment, just yeah. you know, with you. Stranger Things is so much better. Right. Okay, so wait. Uh, so Pittsburgh, you got to mention, you know, if you're Pittsburgh, you got to mention Billy Porter because Billy Porter is... One for Pose. Right. Uh, and That's- and the big Best news about that was comedy role. Yeah, Billy Porter won for Pose because he. And the, the headline today was that he became the first openly gay man to win an Emmy for Best Lead Actor in a Drama. Okay, and okay. he and he's also won a Tony already. Right, and he's also won a Grammy already. Right. So all he needs to win is the Academy Award, and he gets the, right. you know. Trip, I don't know what they call it. Yeah, I was going to say triple crown, but that's that's not right. I don't think they call it anything. But they, yeah. do, they do call it something. They, yeah. uh, Patricia Arquette had a moment where um, she won an Emmy for her performance in The Act, which I don't know. Oh, and she made the transgender speech. She made a call for uh, equal See, rights See, that's why I don't, don't want to watch people. speeches. I mean... Right. Um, and there was no host, of course, because there's no one who is pure enough right. to host the Emmys. So that was a, the first hostless Emmys that we've ever had. Right. Was uh, Homer Simpson was featured prominently. Uh, also, because he's, he's animated, so he's the only type of host that we can possibly acceptable. accept. And there was one little faux pas during the memoriam uh, montage. The they show, put Bob Newhart in there. No, the show sought to commemorate Andre Previn, a composer, except they showed a picture of Leonard uh, Slatkin, who uh, is very much alive. Oh, yeah. all right. And uh, there was a kerfuffle there. I mean, you feel you know. like some people should like double and triple check that. I guess. That's a job. All right. So if we're not watching what they showed last night, what are we watching? Right now? Yeah. Um, I was watching uh, the um, Bill Gates. It is so good. Netflix series. You have to Three see this. Three episodes. And each episode is about 55 minutes long. It's fascinating. It was going to blow your mind. 
I loved it. I really, I, my wife and I binged it over the weekend. It just kind of came up as part of your cue, you know, and I, quite honestly, I knew very, very little about Bill Gates. Now, this is in many ways, this is a very flattering picture of Bill Gates, but they do call out, you know, some things about him. But he's a, obviously, he's a brilliant man. And his wife, his partnership with his wife, and the wonderful works that they're trying to do in this world, Listen. whether it's through sanitation efforts, polio efforts, nuclear energy, for goodness gracious, it's really a great insight into the guy. It was humbling for me to watch on a variety of levels because of his immense genius and his immense work ethic. Yeah. And you pair those two, that genius and the work ethic, it's it's truly a formidable combination Mm -hmm. but the the main thing that was humbling for me is the amount of compassion that the man has for people who suffer and i thought to myself this is a man who does not confess jesus as lord he has not made any statement of faith whatsoever why is his heart bigger for people who suffer than mine yeah i agree I mean, there is a lot to be learned from that man. It surely is. Yeah, the first episode goes into great detail about his family life, his relationship with his mother. I mean, she really raised these children to a deeply high standard, and he's the product of that. Really just wonderful. So if you've got Netflix, if you're streaming Netflix, please seek that out. You Do yourself a favor. I can't imagine that most people would not love this, and it's only three episodes. Okay, take a break. Come back. Uh, End of a tradition. Oh, my goodness gracious. The Amtrak dining car. When's the last time you were on Amtrak? Uh, Probably 1980. Oh, my goodness. Listen, hop on a train because it's going to disappear soon. Pumpkins, 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 and more pumpkins. Pumpkins are what the Springhouse is thinking about this time of year. Hi, it's me, Marcia, from the Springhouse, and we love sharing our farm with you during this beautiful time of year. We've got all kinds of fun planned for you and your family to be able to spend the whole day on our farm. Pumpkin patch hay rides, a petting zoo, giant square bale stack and pipes for sliding, a hay maze and a corn maze, pumpkin picking right out of the field, old time games under a tent up on the hill, and lots more. And when you get hungry, of course, we have great eats inside, too, with lots of pumpkin creations. Pumpkin pie, pumpkin cookies, pumpkin bread, pumpkin custard, and even pumpkin black bean chili. Every October Saturday features a family-friendly meal, and October Sundays feature our 4-H hog roast with all the fixins. Plan to spend a memory-making day on the farm at the Springhouse in 84 PA. 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com. As an organ donor, your story doesn't have to end. The good in you can live on. In fact, you could save up to eight lives and restore sight and health for many more. Sign up right now online as an organ, eye, and tissue donor. You'll be happy you did. And just maybe, someone else will be happy too. Go to organdonor.gov. It saves lives. U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. Chuck Swindoll, Bible teacher on Insight for Living. You've likely heard my recent comments about the urgency of our financial needs. The next few days will determine the future of Insight for Living Ministries. We have a long ways to go. To respond to the urgent need facing Insight for Living, give a donation right now. Call 800-772-8888 or go online to insight.org. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. 
Protect your vehicle with spray-on bed liners, tonneau covers, WeatherTech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters. Always a favorite. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville. For the extreme in all of us. At ExtremeTruck.net. You know what the price of gas is right now? Doesn't matter how many dollars and who cares cents. Get the Easy Pay card at Circle K and save 30 cents a gallon on your first 100 gallons. Then save 6 cents a gallon on every fill-up after that. Sign up in store and visit CircleK.com slash EasyPay for more details. Train up children in the way they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. PittsburghChristianSchools.net will help you locate true educational partners in Allegheny, Beaver, Butler, and Washington counties. PittsburghChristianSchools.net There was a time that I regularly took the train from here, the city of Pittsburgh, to New York City. Now, it takes a long time. It takes a long... It's, you have to stop nine times. It's much easier to drive your car. But there's no doubt about it. Plus, it's expensive. I mean, in many ways, and I hate to say this, the mega bus is a heck of a lot more efficient. Right. The Greyhound bus, that's a whole other story. That's because the people who run the Megabus don't have to maintain the roads. Right. But the people who run Amtrak have to maintain the rails, and that's why it's so expensive. Right. So over the weekend, Amtrak has announced that they are they are ending the dining car tradition, which is a real shame. Uh, I mean, literally, in the, in the drive from Pittsburgh to New York City, you'd go to the dining car, You'd sit down. There'd be a waiter that would come out mm-hmm. in, a, you know, in a, a white coat with a napkin over us. You order from a full menu, right? And f- you'd feel like you were in White Christmas. I love it. We're gonna sing Snow. And there, right? and there, there, you know, the world went by. Zoom, zoom, zoom. You know, going up through Dead Man's Curve and Altoona, and I just loved it so much. But like all things, it's a shame. I mean, train service in many places in this world, especially in Europe, is still. Very efficient, right? Right, not mm-hmm. government subsidized, and it, it works really well. Yeah. Now the trains I was on in Europe, and there were I weren't, wasn't on that many, but they're they're not fancy trains. I mean, we think of like a dining car. We think of something like from White Christmas, right? It's not like that. Yeah, but if you look at here, look here's a photograph of a dining car. That's a nice. Isn't yeah, that a nice car? It is very nice. A, I don't know if it's a linen tablecloth, but it is yeah, a tablecloth. It is a tablecloth, right? right? It's a lot nicer than the uh, dinner service on, you know, Condor Airlines. Yeah, you're not hey, going Mike, to Hardy's. Have you ever taken a train trip? Have you done the dining car thing? Yes. Um, in 2010, um, I was taking it from Pittsburgh to, actually, no. From Philadelphia to to Pittsburgh. Okay. I was coming home from a from college break. Did you eat something in the dining car? Yes, I did. And I had to say, not to poo-poo it, but Please. it that it was extremely expensive and the food wasn't that great. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. See, that's yeah. what I remember about the dining car not the so last time I was on it is really? that it was just not very good. Oh, now see, I was doing this in the eighties, so there, you know, things change, right? So Amtrak says it is going to reinvent its dining service on long distance trains, killing the traditional dining car to create quote more flexible 
and contemporary dining options. Okay, which me, means what? They're going like, to throw burgers and fries. Or they're just going to give you a vending machine. Right. The carrier says the change starting this fall on the one-night routes east of the Mississippi River, driven by the desire to save money and lure a younger generation of new riders, chiefly millennials, always need to need to be on the run, glued to their phones, well, you're stuck it's in a train. Ve- it's very appealing to me. The train, the train thing. Of course it is. I mean, is. I like old things. So I like the fact that it's an older mode of transportation. That's attractive. Yeah. I also like the slowness of it. Not that I have a lot of time to burn, but I wish I did have a lot of time to burn. And so that appeals to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the expense of it has never, has always kept me from being being a train they, passenger. My brother and sister-in-law, they took a train ride on Canadian Railroad through the Canadian Rockies. I would love to do that which they thought they said if you can can do this please do this i mean it's it's pricey but you know travel what about the three of us do that you know how these people are taking cruises what if the three of us take like a train car somewhere Uh, wouldn't you love to have a sleeper car yes you know i would just like hang out i mean i want my i don't want to be in the same compartment with you yokels you don't go and buy i love it hey have yourself a great night podcast is up and running the ride home with john and kathy a production of salem media group Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.